Hello and welcome to this TES News Podcast Issue Review. I am joined by Helen Ward. Hello, Helen. Hi, hi. And John Severs. Hello, John. Hello. And so in this week's issue, we have uh, lots of very interesting stories. But Helen, you're up first. You've got a really interesting story about the rise of the Titan Primary School. What's this about? Oh, yeah. These are the primary schools which have got more than 800 pupils. So that would be a four-form entry. But... Um, all, this particular um, primary school, Claycott's in Slough, has actually got more than 1,200 pupils, which is making it a similar size to many secondaries in the country. Yeah. So more than 1,200, but where it could rise to up to 1,800. Yeah. At the moment, it's a seven-form entry. From September, they're going to have eight forms of entry. And then when all of those reception children have gone all the way through, there'll be 1,800 pupils in this school. How on earth do they manage? <laughs> Well, um, Gareth Morris, the executive head, is a, a very interesting person. He's got a background as a lieutenant in the army. Ah, and, uh, <laughs> you need it. and he's done a lot of kind of corporate type work as well as um, head teacher. And he thinks it is that kind of, it is different from a head teacher's job. He obviously has um, head teachers, for, uh, it's on two campuses. So he has a head teacher for each campus and assistants and deputies and a lot of senior right. leaderships. But what was really nice was that he, did, as he says, is that there's a danger of losing your teacher background mm. so he does get his um, PA to block out time that he can go and spend with the kids doing like, an outdoor education program. I remember going to visit one Gascoigne primary in, mm. in Barking and they had like, two weeks worth of nativity plays and things yeah, like that, they yeah. were so big. Are we going to be seeing more of these then? Um, we are, we are going to see more because uh, the numbers of pupils in the country are rising and they've been rising in primary first um, they'll be moving to secondary, but the primaries are still rising. So there's going to be around 675,000 more pupils by um, the end of, um, by 2023, I think, mm-hmm. than there is in 2010. And um, they have to go somewhere. And especially in, in areas like Slough or London or built-up arid areas, yeah. there's not much land for new schools, so the schools that are there expand. Well, I'm sure that's going to be really popular among parents. Um, Excellent. Okay, Um, we are now going to go on to our cover feature, which is a really interesting experiment, I think you could probably call it, isn't it? John, you're going to talk about this. This is sending uh, two head teachers, one from a private school and one from a state school, into each other's schools. Yeah, it was actually an an idea that originated from our own editor, um, Anne Moros. She asked Jeff Barton whether he would, um, what's the best way of putting it? approach his vision or opinion of private education by going on a first-hand account into the lion's den, as, as Jeff would call it. <laughs> and thankfully, we found a head teacher in Keith Budge at Beedales who had actually spent his whole career and life and was actually born in, in an independent <laughs> school. That, yeah. So the, the two did a, did a job swap, and the conclusion was essentially that uh, if you have strong heads with a, with a good vision, then there's very little difference between the sectors in terms of um, philosophy and and how you run the school. Obviously, there's a massive financial difference. Uh, Bedell School is around £30,000 a year. Wow. Um, but as Jeff says, he went away not thinking that his school was inferior, but just happy that he manages to do as much as he does in, in a, within a state system. And Keith actually found that a lot of the things Keith, uh, Jeff did were a lot better. Interesting. Including their leadership and their um, international partnerships, which was actually better. It's not your typical private school, though, is it, these days? 
bells. It's not. It's you know, you, there's no school bells. There's no uniforms. No, no. Uh, all the students are on first name terms with the uh, teachers. Um, you have a roll call of London's celebrity elite children yeah. educated there. Lily I think I don't know whether Lily Allen is there actually. No, but there it, it is. I think Jude Law's kids go there. Also. Yeah, maybe even Jude yeah. Lord and, Law himself went. I don't know. But yes, so it's not your typical. So was there a reason behind that? Do you think Anne decided? Um... I think there's a lot of there's a lot of um, noise around at the moment about greater state independent partnerships. Um, obviously, there's some of the leading independent schools have actually taken on um, sort of partnerships or even control of state sector schools. And really highlighting that there's a lot of sort of paper walls um, between the two, and actually there could be a lot of closer collaboration. Sure, it's a really good read, and um, we actually caught up with Jeff Barton to get his thoughts on his experience. And here's Jeff now. Did, did it did, did it lead you to think, oh, you know? Why don't I pack it in in the state sector and uh, move over to the independent sector? Uh, it made me to drive back, if I'm honest, saying which do I think is the better school? Uh, and, and, and thinking that that wasn't a straightforward question. I mean, there are big fees being paid for, for young people to go there. And so you therefore say, does the amount of money make it that much better than our school? And I think it, it, it takes you in kind of superficial direction thinking about that. I, I, I think the main point for me is that if they can be so fiercely independent, why can't we? If, if parents believe, as I think parents do, to what we stand for, well, on a day when, you know, Mickey Morgan is saying schools that don't offer the EBAC won't be able to get top-off step grades, well, perhaps we should stick to things up and say, good, good. Because we, we, we're not, not going to go for your boy scout badge approach to life. We're going to do what we think is important. And that was the main message from that school. It knew what it was and what it wanted to be. And we, I think we do. But I think we will now be even more defined. And yesterday the governors agreed with me that we will not make any decision based on what government mantra would have us do. We will do what we think parents and young people do. So in our sense, it's very much strengthened our resolve as a... As you know, humble, comprehensive school. That was Jeff Barton there. Uh, and now, John, uh, you've got a TES Pro section packed full of stuff as usual, but you're going to um, give us a little bit of insight on um, young dads. What, what's going on here? There's a teacher from Cambridgeshire who uh, approached me and said, you know, have you done anything on teen dads? And, you know, to my shame, I'd, every, every, all the sort of help, all the education sort of noises around teen mums yeah. I thought it was a really interesting idea so he went off and did some investigating and found that there's actually very little help for teen dads out there um, there's very low social expectations of them there's very little support for them and considering the amount of research there is about strong male role models in children's lives he asked us a question basically why aren't we helping teen dads become the dads they, they can be and, and mm. often actually want to be and the problem is that a lot of schools tend to focus on teen mums. And right. the dads are sort of either socially um, destroyed by the body experience as the young man in the piece left his school because he couldn't cope with the, the accusations and, and the sort of um, treatment he had from the school. Mm-hmm. Um, or or they're just largely ignored, which is almost as, as bad. Absolutely. Mm. It's become a pariah in society. Yeah. So what, what can be done? Then? Does he give any kind of uh, advice and guidance that teachers might be able to... It's largely similar to what 
obviously it's not like nursery care for the child, but it's mm. about strong role models. It's mm. about finding them the support. There's lots of charities out there actually now who are aimed at you know helping dads be dads of all ages. But it's about getting that help to these young dads and, and giving them the confidence and giving them the support they, they need to, to take on the responsibility and to realise the responsibility. And it is one hell of a responsibility. Yes, it is a very, it's a, it's a very significant responsibility. It certainly is. I certainly know that. Um, brilliant. Okay, well, uh, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, it is a jam-packed issue and there is a... Rather good story on Offset as well, I might say so myself. So uh, look out for that. That just leaves me to say thank you to Helen and to John. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Tune in for the same podcast next week. Thanks and goodbye. Goodbye.